Hey everybody and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm your host Josh and today I'm going to be talking about Taken by Benedict Jacka. So let's kidnap the magic of books. Now first off, uh, again this is a really fun book series. It's a really fun book. I love it a lot. Uh, I give it good points all around. And being the third book in a series, it you know it continues the hype. It's not losing steam. I feel like it's really only getting better and better every time. And I realized as I was you know writing up my review and posting it that the first three books were all published within a year. So early the first of the year 2012, I believe, early like January, February, then like a May, June, and then like an August or a November-ish, I think. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I just know that all three were the same year, which is pretty impressive. And I think that's why we don't necessarily see the huge leap in writing and prose and everything or like structure that we could see in other authors that take a year or two or so between books. So I think that is a good sign that like his prose hasn't gotten any worse for being so fast, pay, uh, not fast paced, but being put out so fast. So I liked it. I loved it a lot. Let's talk about characters. I like this. This book, we get almost a new set of characters. Like we have our main characters, obviously Alex Ferris, obviously Luna, but we don't see some of those recurring characters, which makes the book better. I feel like we don't, we're not stuck with, oh, it's always this person, you know, these two people and this person. Oh, these guys are going to be the bad guy. They're always in the book. They're in every book. No, they're just out of this book, which is not a bad thing. You know, we're not seeing the repeats. It really freshens it up, makes it nice. So I, I did feel like I was a bit more immersed in this world this time. I don't know if it was just because it was at a different location and uh, things happening are in a different location. And so it makes it feel different and it's, it's described a little bit more. But I did feel a little bit more immersed. It kind of did feel more uh, London-y. So I, in a non-spoilery way, the plot taken, uh, my word kidnapped. I'm sure you kind of have a small idea what the plot is about. People being taken. So... How or why, I, I won't reveal until we get to the spoilers, of course, but I thought that it was good. It's an interesting plot. It's an interesting way he strings it together. You think you're looking at one thing, and then you're looking at another thing. And it never felt wrong or weird or like, hey, you tricked me in a mean way, or like, I could have never figured that out. Like, granted, I think you'd be hard-pressed to figure this one out before, but I think you can definitely get glimpses and parts of it and i've read as i said i've read this book before and i'm really trying to stick to just knowledge of this book you know in regards to other characters but i think you get to see enough that you could deduce a couple of the crucial hints about what is actually going on in this book so again i liked it i really thought this was another later book in the series and i don't know why i thought that apparently everything just happens a lot faster than i was remembering it because we're not getting any of those like filler books that are just kind of monster of the week style or just here's a story it doesn't mean anything nothing changes I, I like that in these books so far everything matters for the next book what happens in the first book is still affecting Varys in the third book what happened in the second book is definitely still affecting him here in the third book it's never just like oh he did this and now we kind of like reset back to our normal and then we continue on and I think that's making the series just a bit better and it's keeping pace with those fast paces and you know, I really super loved this book. I very much enjoyed it. We get a little bit more on magic systems, but he, which is nice. Like we learn more about other mages, but we don't keep learning the same things about divination that we've learned every time. We learn more, different things a little bit and we see other things, but 
it's different. We're not subject to the same kind of info dump time in and time again. So I like that part of it a lot. All right, I think it's time to get into the spoiler section. So you've been warned, this is going to talk about all the spoilers for everything. Again, let's start with our characters here. Obviously we have Alex. He is pretty similar to this book. I think he stays a little bit more static in this book than he does in previous books. He doesn't need to grow quite as much, but we do see some growth and he does start to trust people a little bit more or put out that assertion that he has. Assertion is such a, is a weird word for it. I mean, he, he acts stronger and he acts tougher. Like he puts forward that brave face. So I like that he, he did that in this book. Luna is continuing with her apprenticeship. We're seeing that she's growing. She's learning to use her power better. She is one of the main characters. She's kind of in this tournament and she has to find a weapon. And so cool when Arachne builds her the whip wand and she puts her curse into it. It basically turns it into a whip and she can, you know, hit people with it from a distance. And it was just so cool. Like, yeah, that was an amazing scene. Like, yes, now Luna can actually, like, go on the offensive and defensive. She can actually, like, affect people. It was a great great move. And then we get two new characters in this one. We get Anna and Ferium. It doesn't matter about their last names because I don't remember them and I didn't write them down. Anna is a life mage and I'm really trying to just stick to what we know from this book, but it doesn't seem like she likes her magic, even though she is a life mage and arguably one of the strongest people in the book. Like, she is so amazing like she gets shot multiple times and she's just like oh i'll just keep healing the damage and keeping it back together so she's basically invincible as long as she has enough energy and oh by the way if she touches you she can life suck your life out of you almost instantly and just kill you you know dead nothing coming back nothing stopping you at all so super deadly because one touch and you could be dead but she can basically stay alive through anything so that was super cool like and we don't know you know what her deal is in the beginning but in varium a fire mage super angry all the time likes to protect anna and he doesn't have too much of an arc in this one i feel like anna has more of an arc in this one which is very small but like he wants to protect anna doesn't necessarily like her that much but he is all about making sure she is safe and they both live with Jokadev, the Rakshasa, who is so cool, powerful, half tiger, half man. He has immense power. You can tell nothing ruffles him. And he's like, I love that at the end, Varys is like, so I think I know why you have these two mages here. And it seems to be odd that like all the other people who've ever, you know, who attacked you and killed your wife, uh, you know, they're all dead and they don't seem to have any descendants. And the ones they did have, they all died horribly and he's like that's really really odd like but then i thought you know what would you be willing to do for the somebody you thought you were going to live literally forever with and then they were killed i mean as an immortal you have no sense of i mean you have a sense of time but like one year five years 10 years 20 years who cares you're gonna get your revenge eventually so i loved it i loved i love that we see a, an interesting thing we see an upgrade to constructs from I think the second book is the first one we see a construct in, but these ones are better. They have a teleporting spell, so they can use they can teleport and keep attacking. I love the way they get around that. I, I love that. Let's talk about okay. That's pretty much all the characters we see. Oh, I'm forgetting one. We see Crystal, who is a mind mage. She can read your mind. She can tempt you, trick you, it, take you over. Basically, very scary, very scary. And I will say. 
that parts of this book had like just a little bit of horror in them. Not a ton, but just I could really feel the uneasiness that Alex Varis was feeling when he was in the house, the uh, big house at the place uh, at the tournament grounds. So I don't remember the name, but his unease, he's like, ah, it just feels like somebody's watching me and it's very oppressive and I can't. And the, the constant danger he feels in when he's sleeping, like, I like those scenes. Those scenes really worked well. I thought they they really portrayed that feeling super vividly. So I, I was really feeling it. Now, the plot, I mean, it starts crazy. First, they hint that it's going to be the tournament, which is cool. Like, everybody likes to see a good tournament. We get to see, you know, you get excited. Like, okay, sweet. We'll see Alex Varis. He'll probably compete. And we'll see what they do, you know, how he does at the tournament he'll probably get up the higher even though you know he's just a divination mage there's like oh it's just apprentices and it's like oh and by the way there are light mages that are going missing and then we learn later from onyx slash morden who onyx got out luckily darn him we learned that dark apprentices have also been going missing or starting to go missing and we're like okay so it's like a kidnapping scheme what's going on and then we find that the house was built by a mage he took it down he built it up in a specific way to create a shadow world, basically mirroring his house, where he's immortal and he kidnaps people and steals their life forever. And that he was doing it to normal girls, and then it, he was started getting diminishing returns. So then he started with uh, sensitives and adepts, and then diminishing returns. So we started kidnapping like real apprentices, and it's like who knows how long he would have gone with if he had just kept to those others. But but Vitus, man, that was a scary scene when. Alex Varys gets into the Shadow Realm by trying to destroy the house, so he forcibly pulls him into the Shadow Realm. And then you see a tub full of blood, and you see Anna, who's dead or dying, you know, like on the counter. And you're like, okay, she's a life mate. She should be able to survive. But I don't know. That looks like a whole lot of blood. And then you see this creature rise up from the blood pool, the blood tub, and he's got his arms longer, you know, down to his knees or past him, and he's hunched over and is covered, obviously, in like blood. And his eyes, no eyes, just eye sockets. Like, ooh, that was that was chilly. And then they have to fight him, and obviously he's immortal, so it doesn't really matter what you do in the house. But they are able to escape, and then the light mages come down. And they burned the house down from a distance with overwhelming firepower, which was great to see. They didn't take any chances. They left every, they pulled everybody out. They went in and I was like, this is what, and I think even Alex says, he's like, this is what the Lightmate Council was originally designed for. They band together to stop things that are hurting people. This was hurting normal people. This was hurting mages. Granted, they're a lot more focused on hurting the mages since that's when they come in. But originally, it was to save people. And it's like, that was a great scene. And Talos would be like, hey, I'm trying to like do the right thing and get things going. I loved it. I loved that Lyle, the jerk, got his comeuppance. You know, he totally trusted Crystal, who betrayed him, to Vetus and was trying to, you know, find somebody who could perfect the spell, which is like, come on. If you're getting diminishing returns, you're not going to see a perfected a perfected style of this with one person, no matter what kind of mage they are, unless they have infinite power, which nobody does. But, you know, that whole delusion of power makes sense. So, But I love seeing Lyle get his comeuppance and knock down a bit, you know, siding with the wrong guys, being a general jerk. So, you know, and I think that's going to be it for this book. Uh, it's a little shorter of an episode, but there wasn't really too much 
that I needed to talk about with this book. I think I hit most of the parts that I was really excited about. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, of course, to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. You know, if you have questions, comments, things I should have talked about, things I should talk about next time, you know, send me an email at libromancypod at gmail.com. Remember to please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Really helps out a lot. Helps other people find the podcast. And remember to kidnap the magic of books. 